Welcome to Montessori Moment. I am your host, Liz Monson, and today we have Miss Carmen Calvo with us from uh, Toddler Room 6. And she's here to talk with us today because she is an expert on children, and we're going to talk about uh, sibling rivalry and competition. Uh, But first, I'm going to ask her a little bit about what brought her to Montessori and what her favorite parts of Montessori teaching are. Uh, Hi, Liz. Thank you for the introduction. Um, What I can tell you, what brought me to Montessori was um, my personal life. Uh, Concretely, when I had my son, I was looking for um, a good place to take him to to get education, but also because um, I knew be a Montessori teacher, it would allow allow me to bring him to the same school where I was working at. So uh, that was very, I have been very fortunate. He was with me for nine years of his of his childhood, um, going to school and at the same school where I used to, to work at. And so that's the way I started in Montessori. And when you started in Montessori, what were the first things that you noticed about it, about the education style? Um, what I noticed and what I really love is that Montessori is a, a way to approach the children in their own uh, way, mm-hmm. uh, allowing them to work in their own pace and allowing them to flourish in the, especially in the area that they love the most. Yeah, it really uh, appreciates the individual child. Definitely. And the way the Montessori philosophy sees the children, like uh, individuals uh, who deserve respect and be treated as as unique uh, human human, human beings. beings. Yeah. Um. So, which? How long have you been teaching? Now for twenty years. <sighs> yes, you are an expert. <laughs> and which um, ages have you taught? I don't even call it that I have taught. I oh. call it that I have been practicing Montessori oh. for 20 years. And I have worked with children uh, from infants to 12 years old. Okay. So you have um, experienced children of many different ages, many different families. You've taught here in Southern California and in Chicago. Yes. Um, and you've probably worked with children from the same family. Definitely, and all these years I have been enjoying working with, um, the, the way I started working was uh, I worked with upper elementary students, so I love working with them. And that's 9 to 12 years old? 9 to 12 years old, 4 to 6 graders, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love it, but I always felt that some, something was missing, so I went backwards to work with children 6 to 9, Mm-hmm. Uh, lower elementary students and in addition I felt like okay where are these ch- children coming from in the Montessori perspective so that's what I decided to 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 go to my three to six training so I could help the children more because I knew where they were coming from mm-hmm. uh, and I love that age I, I work uh, for several years in the primary level uh, and then I continue feeling the same that uh, piece of the puzzle was missing and then when I had the opportunity to do the zero to three 
I didn't miss that opportunity. So you have been trained, you've taken the zero to three training, the three to six training, and the elementary training. Oh my goodness. But I went backwards. Yes, well now you know why I want to ask you these questions. (laughs) So have you seen, how have you seen um, siblings interacting and siblings kind of manifesting feelings of jealousy Mm -hmm. or competition? Yes. Well, um, I don't know if the Montessori philosophy and also the work of the parents, uh, I have been very fortunate to see uh, very positive relationships among those those siblings. I have had even uh, twins, twin Mm -hmm. sisters, uh, twin brothers, or just siblings, even in the same classroom. And I think what makes the difference is that the the philosophy uh, can apply uh, on these children, mm-hmm. helping them to be themselves. I personally always suggest uh, parents, if possible, to enroll their children in different groups mm-hmm. uh, because that way they have their own space, they have their own friends, and usually one of the siblings is has stronger personality uh, than the other one and is... I think it's very important that they have their own space and allow each other to be themselves. Mm-hmm. They have space and time to develop their own personalities and their own social identity. Definitely. Yeah. And work on their own uh, independence uh, skills. Yeah. Have uh, you um, had children in your classes that um, have been in your class while they've uh, received a new sibling at home? Like Yes. 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 How... Yes. Um, how do they normally deal with that? Uh, every family and, and child is different, so mm-hmm. they they respond different ways. But uh, part of our job as Montessori guides is to to suggest to the families and to recommend to the families certain things. Um, uh, like what kind of things would you recommend to a family that um, was preparing to welcome a new child, new infant? Uh, well, I think in the first place following the Montessori philosophy, to remember that every child is different. Mm-hmm. And what, whatever they experience with the first one or second child is going to be different from the third or second child. Uh, so I suggest parents to, to try very hard not to compare and not to uh, think that it's going to be the same. They right. have different personalities and they are going to respond different to the situation. Uh, another thing that I strongly suggest to parents when they have a new baby or they are going to have a new baby is to um, make the other sibling, the older sibling, be part of this big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to go and buy the, the new clothes, to go and buy the new mattress, uh, diapers, to make them feel that they are part of this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they're going to and definitely not to exclude them because the baby is too delicate or the baby is sleeping, don't make noise, etc. Yeah. Um, so. What um, do you think is the biggest hurdle that you see um, or thing you see parents do um, with the child they already have uh, that they think is helpful but, um, in your opinion, is actually harmful for the child when they're trying to welcome a new sibling? Well, definitely we know a newborn needs more attention, mm-hmm. uh, more time, but uh, when they exclude the, the sibling uh, mm. from from the baby's life, uh, 
yeah. because it's uh, too loud, because it's too dangerous, uh, and, and basically to spend more time with the baby. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to find a way to spend time with both. Um, and, and a lot of communication uh, to talk to the older child and tell them uh, about the new baby, but tell them and remind them, remind the child how much they, they love him, they love her, and definitely spend time with, yeah. with him. Yeah, so maybe explaining, oh, this new child, this new infant is little, so it needs a lot of help, just like you when you were little, mm-hmm. um, but also making sure to have deliberate time that you set aside to spend with your older child. Definitely, yeah. that's that's very important. So the other child doesn't start feeling jealous. Yeah, because they're going to experience a large change mm-hmm. in their daily life, which is both good, but it is there will be changes that they may not like. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and so helping them navigate those changes. Mm-hmm. What about for children that are older? So say two children that are brothers and sisters in primary, or one in toddler and one in primary, mm-hmm. Um, and a parent notices they start seeing their children competing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in your experience, what causes children to compete? Is that a typical kind of sibling relationship you see, or is it one that it come has its root in some other feeling or behavior? I I strongly believe that we have big responsibilities as grown-ups, mm-hmm. and what I have observed is that the cause for that uh, situation, that kind of relationship, is because parents, um, they don't mean it, mm-hmm. but they uh, sometimes cause the situation. For yeah. example, they tell the older uh, child, no, you have to share with your brother because he's little. And then they take away something like a toy or something from that child to give it to the young one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had, uh, I had an experience with... Um, a family with three boys, and then the fourth one, the fourth child, oh was, a <laughs> was a girl. So, um, and the dad told me that definitely uh, the, the girl had um, behavioral problems, and he told me that definitely he makes the brothers uh, do whatever she wanted them to mm. do, or whatever she wanted from them, any toy, anything, she would tell them, no, give it to her, uh. because she's your little sister. And she, we would call her, we call her princess. So, uh, of course, the girl, she felt like she was a princess and that she uh, wanted... And she deserved to have whatever she wanted whenever she wanted it. Because she was the youngest and because she was a girl. Mm-hmm. And so, then the brothers oh, they must brothers, resent that horribly. Definitely. And they would do mean things on purpose to her because they started building these hard feelings mm-hmm. towards her because the difference of treatment from yes. parents. And so um, something that the parent was doing, which was trying to teach the children to share with their younger sister and take care of her, the way that they chose to express that actually caused more competition, caused the opposite. Yes, definitely. So I think both, uh, all the children need need limits and, and to explain to them about responsibilities towards each other. I like to be respectful and to be kind to each other. And also that not always can have whatever they want mm-hmm. from others, uh, including uh, siblings. siblings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what um, is a good way to have siblings share something? Is there a good way to have them share? 
That's that's very challenging question. Um, it depends on the situation and it depends uh, on what they want to, to share. Yes. Um, they can take turns. Mm-hmm. But also, I believe that uh, sometimes the children need to learn that they cannot have all what they want. Right. And okay, today is uh, your, your brother to have, I don't know, the, the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe tomorrow can be your turn if they have, let's say, three three children. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we can also help the children learn that sometimes we cannot have what we yeah. want. Yeah. Or Otherwise, we have to go, wait. We have to wait sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes that it's okay not to have what others have. Mm-hmm. Because we don't want them to go on, on life wanting always what others have. Yeah. Uh, so and we, we don't want them to think about the things that others have or the things that they have as having some sort of signifying their personal value as a uh-huh. person. No, we want them to have that come from inside. Exactly. And to feel happy with what they have. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay not to have sometimes what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is okay. So yeah. they can feel uh, happy with what they have. Um, yeah. So that's uh, one thing that I have observed. What about parents have asked me about, um, you know, they maybe one parent is at work and one parent is at home with the two children after school or something, and both of them want to talk to that parent, both of them want her attention, they are competing for her attention and she feels or he that parent feels like whoever I like I have I'm gonna have to choose one of them and whoever I choose they're gonna think is the like what should parents do in that kind of situation uh, I would think again to 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 set the limits mm-hmm. uh, in the sense like okay I want to talk to both of you and a lot of communication I want to talk to both of you but uh, it's hard to communicate if everybody's talking at the same time. Yes. Uh, just to, okay, today's your turn to, to talk first, and, mm-hmm. and later uh, it will be your turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe if they're old enough, even having them decide who will go for, if they're older and they have mm-hmm. that kind of conversational skill, which one of you will go first today, which one of you will go next, and when you're done deciding and you both agree and are happy, we can talk. Yeah, definitely uh, that is part of our Montessori philosophy, to encourage them to solve problems, to work, work them out uh, independently, uh, to solve problems uh, without grown-ups, so to, to get them try first to yeah. solve the problems on their yes. own. Yes, because it can be very hard. But <laughs> And what I love to do uh, when I work with primaries and lower elementaries especially uh, is that I ask them to do it in writing. Mm-hmm. Their agreements and or the, the disagreements to do it in writing. Mm-hmm. If they have complaints, okay, do it in writing. Um, is that something you should wait to do until the child can write, or is that something that you can model for them if they are not quite ready to write yet? It, or maybe if they're doing their sounds but their fine motor isn't able to hold a pencil, if they could tell you what to write and you wrote it out for them, would that be? With children who are not uh, writers mm-hmm. yet, uh, I do drawings. Yeah, okay. uh, they can have a journal, and I I have tried this this way to do it with my students. They have this composition notebook, mm-hmm. and they have uh, journals, mm-hmm. and whatever whoever doesn't know how to write, they can draw. Uh-huh. Whatever they are feeling, whatever they want, whatever uh, they, they need just, to express, uh-huh, they need to express. Um, and always uh, ask them to date the, the drawing, and I don't allow them to skip pages. Mm-hmm. So it's like a diary. 
Ah. It's like a diary, but in in, in drawings. Mm-hmm. And little by little, when they start uh, writing, um, they can start with words and then sentences, etc. Yeah. And that is a beautiful way to record uh, child's feelings and life. wants. Yeah. Yes. That's fantastic. Um, what about if you had children and they, if you had two siblings and they were either in their class or at home, and you know that they're struggling with feelings of jealousy, mm-hmm. um, what is a good way to communicate with them about those feelings in a way that isn't going to shame them and is, but is going to make them feel heard, but also stop or stop the problem or like put them on the path to solving the problem that they're having? I think to feel jealous is in some way something natural mm-hmm. that most human beings feel uh, yeah. at different levels. Yeah. At different levels. So it's okay uh, in the classroom, for example, when they are upset or when they are sad or when they are excited. It's okay to have those feelings. Yeah. Same thing with the jealousy. It's yeah. okay to feel, I mean, to acknowledge their feelings. Yes. Uh, I understand uh, how you feel or maybe I understand how you feel. I think it should be very difficult for you to to, to feel, feel this what way. you are feeling. But what if, and then give them a, an option. I think give them to give them options is uh, is one way to to deal with with those uh, feelings, not to tell them uh, to make them feel that what they are feeling is bad mm-hmm. to feel, because that will make them just feel guilty and bad yes. people. Guilty and jealous. <laughs> Filthy and jealous and bad people. Yes, <laughs> so. and like they cannot tell you how they are feeling, which means that they will act out more if they can't express with words, mm-hmm. with words, or or even with drawings or words. Yeah, mm-hmm. writings. So, so, what kind of options? Say you had two siblings and you're at home, and one of them was having some negative feelings about their other sibling. They're feeling jealous, or they were feeling angry, and they hit them. Uh, or you know what kind of options would you give that child to acknowledge that the way that they feel is okay and that's the way that some people feel sometimes and it's difficult to feel that way but that uh, it's not okay to hurt another person's body mm-hmm. well I, I, there's many techniques and and we have heard about this hitting a pillow yeah or uh, i try uh, physical activities yeah. Physical activities, you can go to the playground and, and play with a ball yeah. or run. Uh, I think running is a very good uh, way to do it. I, I have tried that when somebody's <laughs> upset or uh, punch somebody or hit somebody. Yeah. Um, yes, you can do it. You can express what you are feeling. To use their body uh, to get their emotions, to mm-hmm. express their emotions. Yeah. Uh, and then when they are ready, to use their, their words mm-hmm. uh, to communicate what they are feeling. Um, but definitely uh, give them a, a choice. Could be physical, could be uh, artistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, we are also encouraging to, to express in a, in a certain way what yeah. they feel instead of making them feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about the child that just want that seems to just, you know, when they get the sibling or if they're going through a period of jealousy, that just gets very clingy? Should we... Because if they're showing us that they need something, should we just um, cling back to them? Or what is a good way? Can you give me an example? Like a child who 
um, with their parent or like with their teacher, most mostly with their parents, but they mm-hmm. have they just get very they attach to the parent. They want to be with them all the time. They mm-hmm. maybe get anxious when the parent is away or they mm-hmm. um, want hugs all the time or they want them to be carried or maybe they start to act like their younger brother or sister because they see the attention that the younger one is getting. Um, I mean, in class sometimes when I see children behave in certain ways or, you know, touching my body or, you know, without asking first, I tell them, oh, it looks like you want attention or it looks like you um, want someone to keep you company right now. You can, you can ask for that and I'm happy to give you a hug. I'm happy to have you sit next to me. Um, but what have you found is the best way to kind of comfort these children when they're feeling insecure about their placement in the family model or the classroom? Uh, well, definitely communication uh, to acknowledge what they are, uh, how they are acting. Um, acting yeah. And usually uh, we can figure it out why they are doing it, because they want attention or because they want to to be first or be um, to have again, more attention than others, and to talk to them, to mm-hmm. talk to them, to explain to them, because they they don't know how to express. Yeah. So to give them a way to express themselves, to express how they feel, and definitely offer uh, something physical. It could be a hug, or it could be just company, or it could be just to spend uh, some time with, with a child, mm-hmm. uh, and ask them questions. Uh, how you feel, or what are you thinking, uh, or how can I help you? Um, to to encourage a conversation and to a speak communication. To yeah, like they're human being experiencing something. Mm-hmm. That way, they might feel comfortable and expressing what they are mm-hmm. feeling and start uh, being assertive when they are feeling something instead of uh, acting out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Montessori talks a little bit or talks about competition and kind of talks about it as a deviation from the normal or that's such a bad mm-hmm. word these days but from mm-hmm. the natural um, child's path mm-hmm. and talks about how when we see our classrooms kind of take shape that we see aspects of competition fade away. Mm-hmm. What do you see when children are behaving, when children are in kind of this normalized environment where their needs are getting met, uh, how do they interact together in situations where you might think they would be competitive? Like when they're both working on their writing and they're old enough that they know when one of them has, quote unquote, done better than the other mm-hmm. or um, situations like that. How, how would you expect to see um, confident children behave? Um, like what would you model for them in your own actions? I think um, to work as a team, to work in a cooperative atmosphere mm-hmm. helps a lot. And when I observe competition among two children, for example, they are friends or, or they are not friends, but they are competing directly or indirectly, I depend on the situation, I encourage a work team. Yeah. Uh, team, teamwork. Yeah, teamwork. Teamwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> teamwork. Sorry, yeah. my Spanish. Yeah. No. <laughs> teamwork. And to work together in mm-hmm. different activities, especially uh, practical activities are, are great. 
or uh, um, depending on the age, mm -hmm. also uh, creating uh, like a story together. Yeah. They can um, put in practice their language skills. Uh, I have found that they love to, to do that. Yeah. But uh, to work together is definitely. Yeah. Um, I had a, an experience with two children that they were arguing all the time and I could have them work um, in this school. We had a farm. So to work together, taking care of the animals, mm -hmm. and they ended up being the best friends. Yeah, uh, they, they worked together. They worked together mm -hmm. to help them, to take care of the animals. Mm -hmm. So they, they have a common goal, and they realize that they like that, and they had to spend time together mm -hmm. regardless of the... And it felt good, the time they spent together felt nice. Not at the beginning, but yeah. but, <laughs> but later, eventually, eventually they, they became even uh, good friends. Um, and I was told them, we don't, you don't have to be best friends, but you have to respect each other mm -hmm. and be kind to each other. So uh, to work together, basically, is... What about the way. children who are working together and it's at that beginning stage where they don't really like it yet and they are maybe saying little, um, little comments to each other like, you didn't write your ooh right, or that's not how we do it like this. Would you, do you step in and say... No, no, no! Don't talk to, <laughs> don't talk to them that way. Or uh, how do we support the child who is expressing some feelings, maybe of inadequacy, and the child who is having those feelings put on them and is being criticized? Because I feel like for a lot of parents, that's a very alarming situation because they see it exploding into bullying. Uh, and so, how can we best support children through those kind of? natural conversations that they have but make sure that it that they grow through that and mm -hmm. start to respect and enjoy each other's mm -hmm. company it depends on the age and it yeah. depends on the situation but one way that i have tried is to oh i could hear let's say if i intervene mm -hmm. if i see the other child is not uh, not upset Mm, or it's upset but it doesn't know what to how say. to what to say yeah. how to defend himself um I could say, oh, I I could hear that you said this about, uh, I don't know, Johnny's work, mm -hmm. Johnny's writing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I said, okay, you, you said something that is probably not very uh, nice about mm -hmm. this, but I would like you now to think about three nice things about mm -hmm. his work. Yeah. Uh, and I give an example. I like the orange color that you use for your drawing. So to redirect the negative... Uh, to the positive. Mm -hmm. So uh, not say, oh, that was bad, we don't say things like that, but to say, you you, you said one thing that, mm -hmm. you know, was maybe a little mean or maybe made them feel not so good. Wasn't very nice. Wasn't very mm -hmm. nice. What what yeah. other things do you notice about their, what mm -hmm. else could you point out? What do you notice that is nice about their work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would uh, encourage them to think now on something that is positive. I say, you you think this is not that, that pretty, uh, and maybe it's not pretty for to you, you yeah. but uh, what if you think now three positive things about this? Mm -hmm. uh, and I try to do that uh, when I work with uh, primaries or lower elementary students to give oral presentations very mm -hmm. as often as possible, yeah. and then the audience is going to uh, ask uh, a question or make a, a positive comment about the child who's presenting. So uh, I do that regularly 
So when I realized all the children are always saying nice things about each other. Ah, so you model for them mm-hmm. kind of what, what these are the kinds of things we make as comments mm-hmm. about other people's work and all of the things that you model are positive or neutral. Or, yes. You know. so I see you, you work hard on drawing this picture. Yes. Uh, not to praise a child, but to tell them a fact. I see you use uh-huh. lots of colors, or mm-hmm. I see you, you you chose one color only, and you stuck to that color. Or, or I see you I like see animals. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I realize the other children are, are doing the same, doing the same, and it's just nice to see to hear young children saying positive and nice things to each other. To each other, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's see. So, do you think about praising children? So sometimes I know parents have, um, will have two children or siblings or three or however many, and one goes, oh, mama, do you like this? And oh, yes, yes. Or the, or the dad or who, mm-hmm. grandma, whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one, well, oh, do you like this? Well, oh, do you like this? Do you like this better? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think uh, praise complicates the sibling relationship? Uh, well, again, they are, um, it's not positive. It's yeah. not a good thing for the children because that makes them compete. Yes. He did a good drawing or he did a, he built a nice, uh, make a nice puzzle. Now I'm going to do something better. Yes. So that encourages them to to compete. And in the first place, we shouldn't be praising children. Yes. So Um, instead the parents should be making more observational comments or asking the child, oh, you made this. What do you think about it? Mm -hmm. When they say, do you like my drawing? Do send the question back, like, do you like it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually say, oh, yes, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing with me. Yes, we don't yes. even have to say, oh, that's beautiful, that's nice, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. We can say, oh, thank you for sharing with me. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing your work with me. Now I know what one of the things you did at school today. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess, do you have anything else that you um, want to add that can help me and help parents at home support healthy relationships between their children? Uh, I would say not to compare mm-hmm. if they have more than one child, not to compare them ever. Mm-hmm. And because they're individuals. yeah, Totally. And not to make them be together if they don't want. Mm. Uh, I have seen that parents want their children to be uh, good. Uh, the best of friends. The best friends. Yeah. And they force them to mm-hmm. go together uh, even to dress together, dress the same, or to be with each other at all times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't want that, but they are forced. Yeah. So to give them their space, yes. to allow them to be themselves, develop their own personality, mm-hmm. but definitely also to set limits. Yes. Set limits because limits make the consistent feel limits, <laughs> consistent limits, <laughs> and logical limits because that makes the children feel secure. And, and promotes uh, self-confidence. Um, I think those could be... And promote independence. Mm-hmm. Promote independence is, is basic because independence is related with self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we can have you back when we get here. another tough topic. No problem. Invite me anytime. I'm uh, happy to share. All right. Thank you.